jocks in the pool That is not cool, I need the tools Take me to school, feet first Into this league, me first That cannot be, under the underdog Monica G Feeling a whole lot better suddenly I get in with it, win it again You're one and two in the bag and I'm going for three That is the beat down, got to the best So I keep now, y'all tread in water for weeks Now, now I'm the shark so I eat Now, look, I am not sorry I understood the pun from which I started And never getting these drafts is cathartic, so Dynasty underdog bite down up at the day and the night now easy as flying a kite now come take a look at it right now Dynasty underdog bite down up at the day and the night now easy as flying a kite now come take a look at it right now hey everyone welcome to episode 99 of Dynasty Underdog I'm your host Uri Dawkins joining me tonight Billy Beeman Josh Goldberg. What's up? What's up? What's up? How you doing, man? What it do? How's it going? No news today, huh? <laughs> no, not at all. No, nothing's going on, man. Wide no. day on the forefront. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, biggest news of well of the offseason besides Deshaun Watson, you know, the deal that he got with Cleveland is now what happens to Baker. Well, now we know what happens to Baker. Baker is going to the Panthers. I uh, first thoughts on this. I mean, he, we kind of knew he was going to go to one of one of the few teams that needed a quarterback right it was talks of the Seahawks and and the Panthers were kind of just the past couple months that's what it was so yeah I it's not super surprising I think that I don't know it's is it's the same I don't know it it doesn't really change much for anybody in my opinion right like Baker is who he is maybe if you are a believer this you know breathes some life into him obviously you're not going to go buy him because his price just went up you were doing that a couple days ago weeks ago whatever it is I don't think DJ Moore gets a boost. I don't think anybody really does. I think it's kind of status quo unless we see that unless Baker proves that he can elevate his and others games, which he's really never done. We've talked about that before. Billy, just like Karasi, what do you think? How is this going to affect the CMC? Uh, I mean, a good a, a average to good quarterback can only help him. So if he's better than what has been there, then it, it should help CMC just from the standpoint they have to focus on the quarterback a little bit on the passing game a little bit more, right? than yep. just uh than just cmc so i think that i think that's one thing that he that baker's never had is a guy like cmc which may help them out because like you know nick chubb's one thing cmc's a whole nother so that could help him out a little bit having that guy that they need to focus on already but yeah i don't think much changes for the pass catchers here yeah i mean i don't want to well i'm a baker guy i mean uh everybody you guys know this uh i've always kind of rooted for the guy i think he's you know, it was, it goes back to when they're like, oh, he's just another Johnny Manziel. I'm like, have you seen him play? Like, he's not <laughs> the same person in background, all that stuff. He's not, you know, he's the best quarterback that the Cleveland Browns have had since I've been alive. You know, he took that team to the playoffs when they were just a poverty franchise year after year. I think he's, a, I think he's a damn good quarterback. So with that said, you know, this is the best quarterback DJ Moore has played with since he's been in the league. This is the best quarterback Christian McCaffrey's played with since he's been in the league. On paper. On paper. So just the amount of touchdowns that the Carolina offense has been able to produce over the last few years, you know, with DJ Moore, we all know DJ Moore is like allergic to touchdowns. <laughs> I do think he's going to score more touchdowns. He's still like a 12. Not as allergic as Jacoby Myers. <laughs> no, I don't know what's wrong with him. <laughs> but, you know, uh, first thoughts is I think this, this is more wheels up on DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. So you, you do think it's a boost for, for I do. DJ Moore. Okay. So I, I think Baker's a, a better quarterback by quite a bit than anybody that he's had there. Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Cam uh, Newton, the, the ghost even, of Cam. Yeah. Even the first couple of years that that Moore had Cam, you think that it was kind of downhill. I mean, I think you're right. I'm I'm just kind of pressing you. I, I do yeah. agree. You're not wrong about you know Cam was more like what Cam used to be. You know when DJ first got into the league, but yeah, I mean DJ gets his yards. 
And I think he's still going to get those yards, but I just really do think he's going to snatch a couple extra touchdowns this year. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, on paper, like you said, it is the best quarterback that, that they played with in a while over there. So you know, got to hope that Baker can, can pull through, right? That's where we're at. It's really all on Baker at this point, but it is good to see him out from under the Cleveland Browns. Now we, we do have clarity over there that, you know, I think it's, pretty clear Deshaun Watson's going to get some games. Jacoby Brissett is going to start those games. There's no doubt about it anymore, right? There's no Baker could come up. No, Baker wasn't playing for the Browns. They were done. It's over. And now we know the resolution is in Carolina. Yeah. One fun tidbit about this, which I'm sure you might have seen, but Carolina opens up week one against Cleveland. Oh, yeah. love that. <laughs> and that's, that's cool. So gotta uh, love that. I mean, you got to think that Baker's going to try to put it to put it on him, right? And like, you know, you know who he is. Yeah, he's <laughs> going to want to go out there and just drop five on him, you know. So he he won at one time in his college years planted the flag if I if I'm not mistaken yes, in the did. middle of the field, right? On uh, I forgot what team it was, but uh, yeah, he he definitely has some of that sauce in him. So I wouldn't ima- I would imagine it would come out in in a matchup like that. Cool. All right, next one. This one actually kind of came up. Billy was reaching out to me. We own Trey Lance in a Debbie. Uh, Debbie league. And he's like, Hey, do you want to trade Trey Lance for Hertz? And that idea to me is like, okay, you know, I'm not opposed to that, but he was saying, Hey, should I offer Lance as second and a third for Hertz? And I was like, Debbie, Debbie depleted second. And a third. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't look like a calculator or anything crazy like that, but I was like, just on paper in my head, I'm like, this has got to be backwards, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't, you know, you, if you were wanting to get Lance, shouldn't you have to send your Hertz plus but, you know, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. So I did do a quick Twitter poll. I think I got, like, last I looked, like, 130-some votes. And Hertz was leading that poll. Oh, I didn't even see that. I didn't even see the poll. Did you do the exact trade with the poll? No, I just said, hey, who do you prefer in Dynasty? Lance, okay. Yeah, I and, mean. And, and Hertz was winning, so. That doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, <laughs> Hertz is on a team with two legit wide receivers. And you can say two legit wide receiver ones, possibly, right? But yeah, definitely yeah. A, a stud wide receiver one and an up-and-coming wide receiver two, maybe one. Got, got Dallas Goddard there. They have some pass catchers out of the backfield, a bunch of guys. Like, he's going to run the ball a ton. He's on a – they have a better defense this year. They've kind of really put it together, I think, over there. I don't know. It's like – Hurts to me, I've kind of decided, I said this to your eye when we were talking, I've kind of decided that Hurts is like good to go. Like yeah. he's he's a top five to to 10 quarterback and with upside to be the, the number one, right? Like just because of his rushing ability. Now, do I think he's going to get there? Not really. Do I think he's going to be a top five quarterback? If he's healthy all year, I don't see a way that he's not, to be honest with you, just based on the way that he plays for fantasy. Now, can he throw too many interceptions and all that? We'll see. We'll see if that's who he is now, right? Like, or who he still is. We've heard great things about his improvements. All we've heard about Lance is negatives, right? We haven't seen anything. Jimmy G appears to be going nowhere, True. right? Like, he, they, we, well, in, in fairness, Baker appeared to be going nowhere until today. So I don't know about that. I, I think that it was much more clear Baker was on the move than, than Jimmy G, who, we again we've heard we've heard all these questions about Trey Lance and we're looking at Jimmy G sitting there and Seattle saying they're not interested which again could be you know they could be just you know throwing smokescreen there and then go get Jimmy G I'm not you know I understand that that's a possibility but I think just all of the concerns about Lance with zero proof that he can do anything in this league it's it, to me, it's just like, why wouldn't I move to some certainty? Right. And, and I guess maybe I'm, I, maybe I'm thinking that Jalen hurts is maybe I'm giving him too much credit on that certainty side of things with dynasty, but 
I also think look around the league, like what QB is safe outside of the top, like five real life quarterbacks, right? Like, I don't know, not many quarterbacks are safe in this league. So I think that he's as safe as you can get. Um, and that's why I, I mean, and I'll let me finish this off by saying in another league where I had Lance and there's implications, I'll talk about it on, on our Patreon. Cause it's a whole like auction thing, but I traded uh, Lance and a second and a third in 2024 for Jalen hurts. And I feel effing great about it. So it was funny having this conversation with Uriah, how it went down like that. No, beginning of this offseason, I was trying to sell Hurts. I just I wanted to get out from under him. But the more I was watching his foot film from last year and just the more I've been hearing stuff, I pulled him off my trade block. I mean, I'm like you said, I'm riding with him. And I do think he could be a top five quarterback in this league. I have been trying to sell Lance and I can't even get an offer. Let alone something substantial. I can't even get an offer for Trey Lance right now. Yeah, I think that was holding me back was and I think Billy Kind of changed my mind on this. I really thought that folks viewed Lance as the safer bet than Hertz because the Eagles have a bunch of picks in the first again next year. And Hertz, you know, wasn't the original plan to be a starter for that team. He just kind of ended up being that way with the whole Wentz situation. So I was always under the mindset, especially going back a year ago, maybe I just haven't changed my opinion fast enough on it, but I always thought that Hertz is, you know, he's a couple of bad performances from not even getting a chance in this league. <clears throat> and I thought with San Francisco spending so much draft capital to get Lance that he would be the safer, but, but yeah, maybe not. I mean, I definitely hear what you're saying, but if you look at the league, any starting quarterbacks going to get a second chance on another team. Ryan Tannehill sucks as the Dolphins and he's actually <laughs> doing decent shit for Tennessee. Just saying, even if he, fall, even if Hurts falls flat this year and they do draft somebody 23 and trade him, there's going to be enough quarterback needy teams more than likely that he will get a chance to start. And I don't think this is going to be his make or break year, maybe in Philly, but not for his career. Yeah. I, I think there is something to what Josh is saying there. Like Jameis Winston, we can name a ton of quarterbacks who just keep getting chances because they've shown signs of life or you know, big playability. Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota is getting another chance this many years later. And and I don't want that career arc for my, my hurt shares giving up Lance plus a second and a third in any year. Obviously that's not what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm shooting for the stars here, right? Like that's, that's what you're doing. But I just think that, yeah, I think that maybe I'm not saying I've adjusted completely correctly. I think I've over adjusted maybe because I am pretty high on hurts at this point. Like I've just, I see, I, I find it really hard to believe that he's not going to produce in this offense with all the talent around him. And to add context to why I wanted to make that move, our team has AJ Brown on it and we are trying to compete like now, right? So maybe, maybe Hurts, they do realize, hey man, he's not the guy, but he, he, we were thinking that last year and he, he had an absolutely incredible season from yeah, fantasy perspective, right? He, he was the top, I think, number one quarterback over the you know, last eight games or whatever the hell that time, that time period he, uh, he was consistently playing for was. Uh, he he really did show that he can do that from a fantasy perspective. So this isn't really me saying like Hertz is going to be a top five quarterback in, in the NFL. I don't believe that at all. Uh, I believe that he could be a top five quarterback in fantasy. And that's what I'm going after this year, especially on a contender, knowing that if he does hit that, then I have a really, really special dynasty asset that is just going to only, you know, hold, maintain or improve value from there. All right. I'm sold. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, I, I Look, it could kind of blow up in, in our face here or in my face, but I do 
think that we've seen enough and they're kind of showing enough confidence in him with all the moves they're making that they're just like, look, we are going to see if this is the guy. And I've seen enough from him where I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm going to buy in on this one. And uh, yeah, maybe that's just, you know, that's just it. <laughs> Sometimes that's enough, right? That is enough. All right. So some quick auction talk. It's got to be you, Billy. You're the auction guy. Oh yeah. No, I, I love and this Josh. actually. I didn't talk to you guys about this yet, but we will. We will get a date for this kid to come on our on our podcast. Uh, at all right, at Devin K F F at A D E B B I N K F F. Uh, Auction Andrew is what he goes by on Twitter, and very impressed by what I saw from this kid. I tried to recruit him to DFF immediately. He like instantly took a, a job with Yards Per, and shout out to him. Like you know, more power to him. Go out there and do your thing. But go check out this guy's pin tweet. It's absolutely incredible. If you do auction drafts, like the he's an accountant and he brings theories from accounting or uh, you know different but just different kind of uh, concepts from accounting and tries to apply them to fantasy right and, and especially auctions essentially these i found a group and i'm i'm in this group with them now and they're like literally just auction dudes they do auction mocks all the time on sleeper which is mental to me and they're like fast auctions which i'm not yeah. used to i'm used to slow auctions only but nonetheless very, 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 very good content. And I uh, highly recommend what he's doing here. But I, I read through his thing in my auction, my free agency auction in my, uh, in my salary cap dynasty league started. And I was like, let me try to apply this concept that he said to me, right. Or that he, uh, that he posted in this thread. And essentially it's called purchase price allocation. And I'll get to it when we talk to him, I'll have him explain the whole thing to you. But essentially what you do is you give a standard price to each position that you're going to draft, right? QB one, running back one, running back two, wide receiver one, wide receiver two, tight end, right? You give it $10 for whatever your budget is. Say it's $300, right? I would be like, okay, my QB one, 40 to 50 or something. Get You put that, right? Running back one, 30, running back two, 20, and so on and so forth, right? You give it a set price, okay? Then, so then there's, there's some math you do, but essentially what you're doing is you're setting a price for every player in the league so that you don't go over whatever your price that you consider for any player is, right? And then if you track it, you can see how many people are going over the price, how many people are going under the price, and you can gauge essentially how much money it, your league is going over based on your assessment of what the player should cost and how much is going under. And then you can say, oh, I can spend more on players at this point in time because to me, I've spent way under my, my limit and the league is spending way over what I think they should be spending on all these players. So there's opportunity to take value off the board. Right. And it's, it's something that I think I already, I, it's really funny last year. I did this for myself in this league, but I didn't put it on paper. I just, in my head was like, I'm not going to spend more than this on a player, this on a player, this on a player. But when you put it on paper, Okay. And you said, I, I put it on, I created a, a spreadsheet like anybody can use for their league. And I actually took it to another level and I'll ask him if he meant to do this. I think he did. He does it only by what I said, by position. I literally priced out every player based on my rankings. Okay. And I tracked it plus minus. I have like the, you know, the, I basically have the, the value variance for every single player and I have it calculating out a sum of it. And I see basically what up and down the league is doing with everything they do. So it's just like, if you take it to that level, you literally, you just have like a cheat sheet for your league that the rest of them don't have. They're not, most of them are not doing this work. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I am, but I, I'm, I'm taking away a huge advantage. And like the, the value I've taken away from this league is absolutely mind numbing. Like I can't even believe I did it. And uh, 
I just, I want to bring this kid on. I want him to explain his whole process and everything to, to everybody. So I just wanted to quickly get that out there. I think it's really cool. If anybody's really interested in that or wants to see that document, I can kind of, can you share? Yeah, yeah I'll share it with you. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, like I need that. The way mine works essentially is like, you can use my rankings cause that's what it is. But you, if you just put your rankings in there, you can then apply the same thing uh, to, you know, do what you want to do, but it's, it's really cool. And there's a little bit of math. I have a legend in there that shows you kind of how to like do it for league specific stuff. Cause there, nice. there, there is some, some fun stuff in there. It's really cool shit. Yeah. Uh, the, other, <laughs> the, the other thing I was going to say about auctions is, and I I'm going to write an article about this cause I think it, it's deserving a lot of it, especially with slow auctions is straight up commitment. Like if you are more committed than others, you will beat them bottom line. What I mean is I'm talking about setting an alarm for 1 a.m. in the morning, 2 a.m. in the morning, 4 a.m. in the morning to not only see if your bids went through, but also bid others so that your bid gets done at a certain time of the day when they're working or at, at middle of the night or a whole bunch of other stuff. I will wait for one of my bids to go through so that or one of my players or auctions, whatever you want to call it, my bids to go through and then bid on a player that's still sitting there. And I'll do that to wait because what if I bid on that player and then he decides, oh, he's going to mess with me. I'm going to mess with him, right? Like, why right. would I mess that up? So like, I'm talking about thinking of it every single thing like that. You may not want to do it, but if you're in an auction, like that's why you're there, right? Oh, you, you have spend to. Because you want to spend that much energy on this. So do it. And that's my advice. Um, yeah, we'll talk about it more in another episode, but. Oh, that'd be a good one. Reminds me of that little <laughs> clip for, uh, with Katie Flower uh, on a, uh under the helmet podcast where she says, you know, you may beat me, but you will not outwork me. Yeah. So I like that. Absolutely. Dude, yeah. that is great. Cause it's yeah. so true. Um, you definitely will beat me at times because there's so much luck and variance in the game, but definitely not going to outwork me. And that's, that's a personal problem I have. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's when I realized I was a, a DJ and as I'm like tracking this like sheet and I'm like, I got to send it to you guys. It, it is really yeah. cool. I, I've like made it a, made it pretty fun for myself, but um yeah big 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 props to this kid though auction andrew on twitter like really go give him a follow like thinking that way outside the box and and me being able to apply it that quickly is pretty impressive awesome that's really good stuff i still have yet to get into auction it's you, gonna happen we, we gotta make it happen next year for sure yeah all right cool so little thought experiment here on recency bias would you rather have all right yeah this one was mine and i have some con context behind it but go ahead joe mixon james connor Alvin Kamara or David Montgomery, Barkley, and Fournette. Okay, so for some context, and then you guys, I mean, actually, who would you rather have? And I'll give you the context after. Uh, Barkley side. Okay. Not, not to curveball this, but are we factoring in suspensions and the season no, no, or just no no act as if these no because that that's true like Kamara obviously has that yeah. problem but let's let's act as if Kamara doesn't have that issue right then i'm going mixing connor Kamara. okay yeah that's interesting i think a lot of people would say that i'm, I'm glad you're on my side here right? okay. uh, so no this is interesting i didn't trade these three straight up for those three that's not what happened but i moved on from mix in Connor and Kamara essentially in a couple different deals and got back Monty Barkley and Fournette. Right. And I think that there's just, I think that people are very down on David Montgomery. Right. I think people are down on Barkley obviously because of the injuries and everything and Fournette because he's fat in camp. Okay. He's fat, yeah. So that like literally they're down on them for all those reasons. And then there's Mixon, who's a little bit, a little bit older on a really good team. Totally understand why you like him. There's Connor older. We didn't like him a year ago. You like him now because he doesn't have anybody there, but that's for dynasty. 
I mean, you got to see the, the forest for the trees, right? Like he's going, he's on his way out for sure. Right. So these are the kind of assets you want to move on from. I feel like in Camara, same thing as the AJ Pecs mixed with the team changing mixed with a whole bunch of stuff. And I want to take the, the suspension out. So we don't even need to talk about that. Right. But I just think that even as dynasty players, a lot of us have a problem with recency bias with like these guys who just did well, who have done well more recently and are on the forefront of our minds. Right. Who, and I think those are like the Camaras who's, a, who was a stud a year or two ago and won people's championships, right. Mixon, who was just in the Super Bowl and has done great Connor, who obviously had a great season. I'm looking ahead here. Personally, that's how I see it that I'm looking ahead with. I, I did trade Mixon in a package for Monty in a package where I got a, another really good player back. I think T Higgins was in there, but my thought was I'm going to buy a year back, right? Monty's a year younger. I'm going to buy a year back and I'm going to get similar type production. It probably won't be the same, but I'm going to get similar. I think, because I think Monty's great and they feed him Barkley. We know why Fournette, I just think it's a great situation and I don't care about his weight or anything like that. I don't care about Rashad white, who everybody thinks is going to come in and just take his job. So a lot of recency bias, I think. And this was just one of those where I kept thinking back to like why I did these things and and what the perception is now. And some people like you, you know, essentially might say mix and Connor Kamara, but I would, I would just urge you to maybe think forward a little bit there. And even if you're trying to compete, I think that the other side might be the better side moving forward value wise and production wise. That's just my opinion. And trying to just, like I said, thought experiment on the recency bias kind of thing. No, for sure. Um, and to be honest, I'm looking at it as mix and Kamara versus um, for Monty and Barkley. Connor, I can't stand. He screwed me over multiple years. So <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm just being awesome, striking him out. Fournette, I've never been a fan of. So to me, those two cancel out. So I'm really looking at mixing Kamara, Monty, or Barkley. Monty's an old coach from the old coaching regime. I really like the little Herbert. So yes, there is a part of me that is hoping that Herbert gets the opportunity there, even though Monty is a beast. Um, and I mean, that that's really the main reason I'm going mixing Camara over and Connor over the other three. And that's fair. That's actually fair reason. I can't really say anything. I just was trying to trying to obviously push my side of this, right? Like I really do believe in, in my side of this argument that said, I do, I have a tweet drafted and I've been doing this. I've been drafting tweets and I just sent them out late because I don't want to be yelled at, but, I, <laughs> but it's a good I'm, thing I live I'm, on the West coast. Yeah. Like I hear this, this like Herbert was explosive like, did anybody watch David Montgomery? All he is is explosive. He doesn't have long range speed. That's not what he, he's not a speed back. He is an explosive in between the tackles running back. And he has, he has good one cut ability. He tries to get a little bit too, uh, uh, what's the word? He, he tries to get a little bit too fancy sometimes. And, and that'll kill him because he's not the fastest. He's not the quickest, but he is explosive through the line. And I don't understand how you watch Khalil Herbert and go, he's the better back. He's more explosive, all this stuff. I like Khalil Herbert too. I think we all know this. I've been on, I've, I have been a guy who liked him coming out of, of college, but looking back to last year, coaching staff be damned. We looked at the, the running back snap shares. Monty was up there. One of the highest last year, if not the highest, or no, the second highest, I think uh, a year ago, or, or I got to look at it again, but he had that 71% uh, snap share. And I think that that's something that he is going to continue to receive in that offense Herbert or not. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't like him because he doesn't really catch a lot of passes, but he gets a ton of volume. So I've That's always true. been 
you know, I, I kind of always viewed uh, Josh Jacobs and Monty kind of the same, like they get a lot of carries, like, and I like that for my running backs, you know, maybe some people don't, but <laughs> you know, anytime somebody could get the ball, you know, 15 plus times a game, like, you know, I love him. Monty's a great guy. Like uh, you could probably go out and get for cheaper than you should be able to. He had 51 targets last year. He caught 42 of them. Like, what are yeah. we doing? What are know. we doing? He did. He does not, not catch passes. 42 receptions is approaching the the level you want for an elite back it really is yeah. like he, all he needs is 60 or 70 targets and he's right there he's right there i mean let's be honest like he catches passes he doesn't catch as many as the elite guy so what he's a high-end running back two low-end running back one like give me it all day i just i got him for 12 dollars in in that in that draft i'm in in that auction i got Ramondre stevenson for 12 dollars. that's a problem <laughs> that's, that's a Damn. problem and i got zeke for 15 by the way and then uh, Aaron Jones went for like 32. So just think about where oh, we're wow. at. Just think about where we're at on these guys. Like it's a little too low. We're a little too low. Uh, Khalil Herbert or not, even if he does produce, like, let's be honest. Very good point. Yeah. All right. Next one here is a tweet by Kyle Yates. That <laughs> silly, silly guy. Um, Kyle Yates, I think of fantasy pros. He said Rashad Bateman should not be drafted before Gabe Davis this year. Thank you. Now, see, I don't know if he's being facetious or just trying to stir the pot, I hope he is. But if he's being serious, get out of here. Well, based on his meme that he posts directly after that, I don't think he meant it very seriously. Yeah, uh, I, I hope not. Um, you know, Rashad Bateman is, you know, the uh, wide receiver one on the team. Gabe Davis is not. He's a perennial wide receiver three. And I think he's going to stay being a perennial wide receiver three. And... I may be wrong, but yeah, Rashad Bateman should definitely be drafted before Gabe Davis this year. Yeah, I hope he's just trying to be silly, but I, I've never really agreed with the guy, so I'm assuming he's joking. I don't think he is joking. Like, <laughs> he, I, I really don't. I, he's put out stuff like this before, and he wasn't joking. I, I, yeah, this is why the masses are are unhinged. I put that on Twitter. This is why that they've gone mad. Like People like Kyle Yates, who have a big following, who have influence, and a lot of people listen to him, are saying stuff like this and i don't even like rashad bateman that much you know me but like come on what are we what are we doing here and and i mean he's talking about this year which i don't even believe but you know from a dynasty perspective i think that's it's probably pretty close to happening gabe davis is going nearly the top 24 guys at this point in, in you know dynasty best ball whatever you're doing I, it's just oh it's it's the summer of gabe madness. davis i talked about it before it's the summer of gabe davis and yeah it is madness all right the next one from twitter hey this is me so this is a tweet about Jameson Williams or uh, Sky Moore. And so uh, Nick Pinnikoff at Nick Pinnikoff said, hey, Sky Moore, Jameson Williams. And I said, Moore by a mile. And maybe I was you know, exaggerating like how big that gap is. But, you know, I like Sky Moore and I'm not really high on Jameson Williams. Friend of the show, Shane Swagger at Swagzilla Zero G, part of the Rookie Fever podcast. Love the guy. Loves to argue, which is great. He said, well, how many years will it take to <laughs> debate, 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 debate? He says, how many years will it take to prove this wrong? Like what needs to happen to have Sky stay over Jameson, vice versa. And then he went on to say that, you know, uh, Sky is a lesser talent than Jamo, which may be true, but I took offense. But anyways, I just said, you know, I don't know. Like, and this is, this is true. Like, so right now I, I think I would rather have Sky more on my teams than Jameson Williams. He's a Detroit fan. So maybe he's, thinking like, I don't like Jameson Williams because he's in Detroit. And part of that's true. I don't like that. 
I don't like that he's with uh, David Campbell and Jared Goff's his quarterback. I'd rather have Mahomes throwing to the guy I'm standing for, Sky Moore, who I think is actually really, really good. I, and I think Jameson Williams is good too. His injury kind of concerns me because he was injured in what, ACL in January, maybe something like that. And, uh, you know, and I don't think that, you know, Jameson Williams is affecting Amon Ross A. Brown at all to any type of way, going back to this thing. And it's funny. So, you know, just kind of looking at it right now today, you know, being we are in July, all it would take for me to say, hey, Jameson Williams is better than Sky Moore is for Jameson Williams to prove to me that he's better than Sky Moore. I don't think he's going to do that. But I wanted to look at what we had him in our, our model and our rankings. Mm-hmm. And they're exactly the same. Their, their <laughs> score is exactly the same, 3.39. The only reason they have Jamison Williams ahead of Sky Moore in the rankings is because alphabetically you're going to put a J before an S. So based on the work that Billy and I did this offseason, we like the guy the same. I, just, <laughs> I hate I, that. <laughs> I know. But I, I like Mahomes more than Goff, and I like the KC offense more than the Detroit offense. And... That's kind of where it is for me. That's why I think I have Sky more above Jameson Williams. I love that. I love that. I think that based on our model, like what that's telling us is that they both have a similar op- or similar chances of, of they both have similar chances of succeeding, right? Yep. Despite what we think of either of the players. Okay. Which I think is actually pretty fair. And I think that Shane obviously brings up some good points. Like he he is right. Like Jameson Williams has a lot more draft pedigree already, yes. or obviously, like quite a bit you know first round pick they traded up to go get him he's he played on a better team in college playing against better talent most of the time so there's a lot of reasons why you would like Jamison Williams more and as a Detroit fan even more right like I would get that for sure I think that there's a lot of target competition there and I don't see him as a guy who's like a target hog really I don't see him as as a separator from Swift Hawkinson or Amon Ra really so I no. think there's a there's a lot for him to compete with there. Whereas Sky Moore, who's a guy that again our model likes, we like, I love from a from a a film perspective. And William Jameson Williams does get hit in in our evaluation from that perspective because he wasn't somebody that I loved on film, and others don't didn't really love him on film. A lot of people think he's just a, a burner, straightaway guy who who was schemed up and had the advantage of playing on a really good team. So I, you know, I think that this is, I brought this up because I thought that it was really interesting after reading through what you guys were saying and then seeing our model, I was like, Oh, I don't remember that. Wow. That's interesting. We should talk about this a little bit because for me, I just see opportunity here. If you had to select Jamison Williams that you can move him for sky more plus, And I, I'd kind of be in on that kind of deal. Right. So that's kind of my takeaway from this. I'm, I'm still not a big JMO guy. Clearly they do both have similar chances of succeeding, but for the reasons you said, man, being in KC is, is awesome for him. And, you know, he's obviously going to be a guy that they're, they're trying to get involved year one and two. Yeah. You know, this was a little tongue in cheek when I mentioned it, but they did uh, acquire DJ Chark, which I know, you know, he's had the, only the one good season, but he does play pretty much the same role, which I think that Jameson Williams is probably going to try to play. So I did say he has to prove he's got to be better, better than uh, DJ Chark, which he probably is, but DJ Chark's uh, not coming off the ACL. So I don't know. I just have concerns there. And it's not a big deal. It's not the when I said by a mile, that's probably wrong there. But yeah, I still, I got Sky Moore over Jameson Williams. Yeah. Last thing he said, how many years will it take to prove this wrong? Right. And I think if honestly, if Jameson Williams is just 
you know, really good one year. Like if he just, one year. Yeah. If, if he just produces like a wide receiver one or two, uh, you know, that's what he needs to do. I, I don't really think that that's who he is. Like I personally, I mean, he would need to, I think like outperform Amon Ra maybe, or perform right alongside Amon Ra to like show me, Oh, this is a guy who, who can take away targets, earn targets from others in, in a real way. And uh, and it wouldn't take much. Like it really wouldn't take much. Like I'll, I'll say it like, I'll, okay, James Williams is the real deal. And I'm wrong. Like that, yeah. that'll, that can happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that is what it is. So yeah, that's it. We don't hate JMO. We just like Sky more, more. Yeah. All right, cool. That's most of the nonsense and news. So we kind of talked about this last week. Maybe, uh, some rookies were too low on and one that keeps popping up for me. Cause I was thinking about it, like the, the situation of the team and the player. Uh, so Zamir White, I, when I was on, when I was drafting my rookies, I had a chance to take Zamir White. I always skipped over him and now I'm kind of having a little bit of regret looking back. I went to, there's a website called Rotoballer and I've never really checked him out until today. And I was like, this is, you know, pretty good stuff. Zamir White's like the prototypical size, you know, he's like six foot, six, one, two, 14, two, 15, uh, really highly recruited Georgia. He looks the part thing is the biggest part about this that I didn't think about when I was on the clock is they haven't committed to Josh Jacobs yet. And there's no reason Zamir White can't do exactly what Josh Jacobs does. Zamir was drafted in the fourth and I've always had like a thing kind of against going after running backs drafted that late. But I think if I'm being honest with myself, there's probably a couple of players I take in my rookie drafts that I shouldn't have. And I probably should have grabbed a share of Zamir White. So I have a little bit of a regret for that. Yeah. I don't have any Zamir White personally, and I might have a little bit of that regret at some point as well. He's a guy who I, I did think was pretty decent coming out of, out of Georgia. Uh, he's got the knee injuries, I believe was his, was his issues, but uh, I, I do kind of take issue with why can't he do what Josh Jacobs does? I think Josh Jacobs is really good. Yeah. Personally. I think that he gets, he gets crapped on a lot uh, unfairly. Not that he is going to be, you know, a, a top 12 back or anything like that. But I just, I think that Zamir White is going to really need to, uh, you know, prove himself to, to take away touches. That said, we've seen Jacobs get injured here and there. So if that happens, yeah, he's a guy that you definitely are going to regret not taking, you know, that third, fourth round when you could have. For me, I got two guys. Pickens is one. We don't, I don't know if we really talked about him too much on this we podcast. I don't think we really did. I was a little low on him in general. I, I know a lot of people loved his aggressiveness off the line. I didn't really think that he was sophisticated in his route running. I didn't think that he really put much extra effort as far as, you know, being able to kind of put moves on guys or movement during his routes, that kind of stuff. I thought that he was a little bit lazy on that, but people love him. The Steelers love him and that matters, right? Like the Steelers, when they draft a guy, you pay attention. Almost all of them are successful in, I don't have any pickings and I probably could have got him at a reasonable price, maybe where I took Wandale Robinson instead. And if they move on from Chase Claypool and then we have Pickens step in and he's good, I'll feel kind of bad about that, that I, you know, didn't see the the talent before the injury and just the pedigree that he had and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe lean too much on the film that I saw and, and he was injured. So there was a, a good bit of film that he didn't really give us. So going to feel bad about that one in Dotson Jahan Dotson I've talked a lot about how I'm down on him but just because of that like you know that you're you, you can your bias can get in the way and you can be a little too low and I didn't grab any shares so again like I'm I'm just feeling 
yeah, not regret because I, I still believe in my take, but I'm, I'm feeling that like, oh man, I could have been a little too low on these guys, not grabbed any shares and, and that can bite you when you do that, right? Like anytime. For sure. I actually was having fun on Piggins also. I've recently in the last week, you know, we'll grab him for pretty cheap. So I was able to scoop up a couple shares of him. Love that. But somebody I have on here is Daniel Bellinger, uh, tight end for the Giants. UDFA, but I think he's in a great position. And if he's able to have a strong training camp, I really think he'll be able to help fight for targets for his rookie season. That's a good one. I, I grabbed him in a couple of leagues, I think, in off waivers and console wars. But I, I think he can be the starter there this year, possibly. So I'm, I'm in on Daniel Bellinger. That's a good question. I, I should know this, but who is top of the depth chart there for a tight end position in New York? Ricky Salem Jones, I think. Oh, yeah. So let me look. That's a, it's honestly on our lads, it's Daniel Bellinger right now. And then Ricky Seals Jones behind him. Then that's a great one, Josh. But yeah, so I think that's a really good one. Somebody that, you know, you can try to acquire for really cheap still. So it's it's just kind of worth the, uh, it's worth the rookie year too low on kind of thing. Yeah, go back and, and maybe see if you can actually go get him now for a, for a fourth next year or something like that. Because I really think that he he will be a guy who will increase in value and you could even sell for, for something. So it's just, it's something that you can use. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're looking at competition from Ricky Seals-Jones and Jordan Atkins, so. Yeah, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I don't he he wasn't a UDFA, was he? I thought he was. No, dude. I think he got drafted in the fourth round. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna tell you right he now. He might have, but I've been able to grab I grabbed him. Fourth round. Him. Fourth round, pick 112. So dude, that's a guy who is going to start. Yeah, I grabbed him late and I've been able to get him off waiver waivers for practically nothing. So love it. Love it. How did I yeah? I mean, looking back like how did we miss that? I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Like I, I, we can go to my, uh, my, I haven't looked at my film reviews in a while. I'll look, I can see where he was there. I remember that he was, he was, I, I don't think I had him too high, but I remember seeing him at the combine and he was pretty, he was my a seventh tight end. So actually he was kind of, you know, enough to be drafted. I'd say he was a guy who was just, he had an ability to catch the ball bottom line and move after the catch a little bit. So it was, you know, he's, he's a little stiff. But bottom line is you got drafted in the fourth round. We should have taken notice. I have him in a ton of places. If you look in the, in the leagues that we're in together, I definitely have him. I like that. I'm going to go out and try to see if I can snag. Hey, I got Julio Jones off waivers in one of my leagues. Massive. Like That's not surprising to me. He's going to play, isn't he? I think so. Yeah. I think he's going to get signed and play for somebody. So it's worth having on your team. Yeah. I mean, if you, ha- if you have the room for it, definitely worth it. But... Like what if he gets signed to Baltimore? Yeah. Or Dallas. Like you, it, you're going to feel pretty good about that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was uh, interesting. Someone had mentioned like, oh, Julio Jones did a little thread on him. Like I just picked him up off of waivers. Like that seems <laughs> silly to me. Like he shouldn't be there yet. He's not dead. Somebody dropped Sony Michelle in console wars. And I, I saw him. that. I saw that. Good job. Nice. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't get it. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. What do we got? All right. Trade targets. So just a couple, I think we've gone over this before when we did like uh dynasty adp redraft adp and i you know i had the sheet of these running backs that like hey man like if you need points so the two that always stick out to me it's it's huge uh zeke has fallen out of favor big time because every year is gonna be the year that he just doesn't do it but he just keeps plugging through he's gonna score you a shit ton of points and then aaron jones that's another guy these are two running backs i was gonna dtc dynasty trade calculator you could conceivably send a future first for one of these guys and get a second back or or a piece. And that's like the absolute cheapest they've ever been. And this year, Aaron Jones, like, I'm not the only one to say this, 
but Aaron Jones could be, be second or even maybe uh, definitely second on the team in targets there in Green Bay. He's the most, the one that's probably most familiar with uh, Aaron Rodgers there. He's great at catching the pass. He's going to put up a ton of points and he's going for so cheap. He and Zeke both, I think, are absolute trade targets for anybody who's trying to contend this year. I just, the, the value just seems insanely low. I know it's dynasty and we're trying to like, hey, you know, I'd like to have these guys for a couple of years. But at some point, we talk about all the time, like you got to score points. I feel like not, not enough people are trying to win. If you're trying to win, which I think you want to do, these are two guys who are going to put up top 15 at the worst numbers this year. I don't think either of them have been under top 15 points per game in their entire careers. They shouldn't be going for this cheap. Yeah, you might have them for two years. This might be the last year that you really get viable work out of either of them. And I doubt that. I bet there's at least two years on these guys. Zeke's contract alone lets you know he's going to play again next year. And he's healthy. Yeah. He stays healthy all the time. He only missed one game last year. And he's never missed any other games before that. With a torn PCL. Yeah. I mean, and he looked electric before that. Best shape of his career. Best shape of his life this year. He looks good. <laughs> <laughs> so does Dak. But um, yeah, I don't know. Those those are two trade targets. I think we've talked about it before, so it's not nothing new. But I think both those guys are going for way cheaper than they should, as far as yeah getting production goes. I dig those. Air up. I dig those. So I got two and a bonus one. I got explain these values to me on DTC. Right. Okay. Let me let me let me let me twelve team super flex tight end premium. Right. That's what we play. Three point six. Right. Three point six. That's like a third or something, right? Yeah. Maybe a couple thirds. Uh, Melvin Gordon, 3.6. Oh Explain that, that to yeah. me, right? You're a contender, 3.6. This guy could easily be the the carry leader if something happens to Javante, just like Javante could be the carry leader if something happens to him, but Javante's value is easily like 10 times this. So it does that that discrepancy doesn't really make sense to me. So that's a guy who I think is, a, is an easy trade target at 28 years old. That's a good with one. with the with the with sharing the workload that's actually beneficial for a guy like him. So I think that he could be efficient and really good. Two point three value right here. Two point three. So less than Melvin Gordon. Less than Melvin Gordon is Jacoby Myers. Oh yeah. What are we Why doing? We I, forget that's Patriots. Ridiculous. Forget Patriots fandom. What we think Devonta Parker, like no veteran ever does, is just going to come in here and be the wide receiver one. Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar. He was the target leader last year, Jacoby Myers, and you can get him for a, for a third, for a f- couple fourths, for, you know, whatever. You can put a package together. You can get Jacoby Myers at 25 years old who is bound to go to another team at some point that says we need a guy who can catch 100, you know, who can, who can get 100 targets and catch most of them. You know what I mean? Like Put in Singletary really quick. Sure, that's a good one too. No, only because I made a trade and I when I put it into DGC to see what it was, I was like, there's no fucking way. This yeah, is Singletary is at 4.6 as a 24-year-old because James Cook, okay? James Cook. I, honestly, I was thinking about this. Yeah, I, I, I don't think Devin Singletary is, you know, incredible, but I think that for the value he's going for at his age in that offense with how much work he got last year, like, he, it's a smash. He's a guy you go out and buy to. Okay, my bonus one, Michael Thomas. I, like, for contenders – He's just so dirt cheap. They people saw him running routes and they're they're upset about it. I thought he looked okay. He looked like a guy who's getting back into his routine a couple months out from the NFL. I've already bought him. He's really, really cheap. 12.4 on here. That's like a second round pick or, or a couple second rounds, maybe, but it's more like a, a high-end second round pick. 
And honestly, on a contender, like I'm totally, ha- I'm totally fine to give that up right now, hoping that I get the wide receiver one for Jameis Winston this year. Those are all great. Yeah, Singletary, man, there's a guy that like last year I was trying to not trade for, but just kind of make some sort of lateral move where I could recoup, get something extra back. And, and I probably should have done that. I'm not a big Singletary fan. I just, I'm not, but they seem to enjoy him there. And he got a ton of work last year. He That's very, very cheap for all three of those running backs. So three starting running backs. Singletary's going to split more than the other two. But you can get them all three for pretty much pennies. So Yeah, and it's crazy. We know the, the value of these running backs, these back-end running backs. These, these values just don't make sense to me with Singletary and Gordon. But, yeah, Myers, a guy that's 25 years old, he's going to be in this league for another five, maybe more years producing at least – flex numbers for you like come on man 2.3 value on dtc everybody gave me shit when i said he was gonna be better than nikhil harry and <laughs> that's interesting yo i mean process <laughs> over results my guy but yeah uh, wow. no, but, but i'll give it to you i mean i still and i still can i still will say this he's not athletic enough to be a wide receiver one he he was the de facto wide receiver one uh he's a really good slot guy really talented nfl player but yep. yeah, he, he's, you know, he is what he is, but yeah, you nailed that one, man. Hey, yeah, you nobody did. can take that away from you, Josh. <laughs> you know, nobody. It was two years ago. Hopefully I'm riding Najee and we'll be good here. You should tweet it out and under it, tweet that just like I had, uh, I had, what's it called? Jacoby Myers over Nikhil Harry. And then underneath it say results over process. <laughs> that's what you should say. And just dude, that's an elite tweet. I'm giving it to you right now. I'm good at making these uh, for other people, not for myself. But <laughs> all right. Yeah, I think that's all we got. Cool. Yeah. Let's uh we'll head over to the Patreon and discuss some trades. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Before we get out of here, a couple things. Um, if you want to hear more about my Lance trade in that in that auction league, <laughs> tune into <laughs> our Patreon. But um, just one more time, wanted to give everybody a heads up about the Scott Fishbowl. We're gonna be on the Podathon, Scott Fishbowl Podathon this weekend. Uh, in a couple of days, actually, it'll be July 10th, 1230 in the afternoon. You should be doing nothing on that Sunday. So you definitely can tune in. Uh, we'll be on there just talking about what we do here, talking about SFB. And uh, Uriah will actually be doing his his live draft for SFB that day. So it'll be pretty interesting having him over there and seeing how that all works out, getting him on the Podathon. So big shout out there and, and come join us. Uh, last, last thing for me that I want to say is, Next week, we also have at the FF Sandman, Britt Sanders on the pod. He was supposed to be on here this week, but we jacked that up and uh, we moved him <laughs> over to, to episode 100. So we'll see what, what we have. We were planning a little something for episode 100, but honestly, having having uh, Britt on is going to be really, really fun. So great for episode 100. Excited to have him. And that's all I got. Thank you, everyone, for giving me this week's episode of Dynasty Underdog Listen. Make sure you give us a follow at Dynasty Underdog, at just your IFF at Willie Beeman DFF and at Josh Hunt Goldberg. Make sure you follow us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Dynasty Underdog and tune in this Sunday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern for the Potathon. Peace out, guys. Later. Later.